Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Tune in as we share stories of triumph, resiliency, and healing. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamily Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. Welcome back for another episode of the Beauteous Me podcast. I am so super hyper today. And Artisha, poor Artisha, I had sent her a message a few weeks ago talking about, yeah, I'm excited for this week for us to record. No, we were not recording on that day because I'm excited to talk about this topic. Guys, we are going to talk about marriage. Yes, we are going to lay it in and we are going to talk about it because nobody likes to air their dirty laundry, but we just going to gain it up, tie it up and everything. We're going to discuss it. So I would love to introduce this Georgia-based author and empowerment coach, Artisha T. Bolden. Artisha is the head of T. Bold Media Group. She is best known for her loud belly laughs and her love of truth. As a speaker and consultant, T has spent the last decade providing relationship and spiritual advice to clients, friends, and even groups of teenagers. Girl, I got a teenager. We're going to have to talk about that too. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since her early days at Howard University, impacting people has been a serious passion for this lipstick chic. In 2018, she was given a death sentence. A major health crisis and misdiagnosis rocked her to the core. But it was this experience that enlightened and ignited her. T's unique insight ushered her on a new path where she created the hilarious and touching MeCast audio series on Facebook, which became the springboard for her show, Bold Journeys Podcast. From charter schools to city hall and even a duty, a dusty construction site, not duty, duty, you know, duty is work, but a dusty construction site. (laughs) T has experienced a lot and has touched many lives. She is a dotting wife and a mother of two beautiful, rambunctious fur babies. Mm. When she's not saving the world and missing DC ever so terribly, you can find her kicking the truth and cracking jokes on Instagram at Artisha Boldy. If you want to pick up a copy of her book, Journal for Your Journey, you can order it on tboldmedia.com. You can also find the links to her and email her and shout her out about her latest episodes of thought-provoking Bold Journeys podcast right then and there. So with all due, Artisha, how are you? I am fabulous. Jamili, thank you so much for having me. I'm so super excited. Like I said, I got so extra happy, confusing the life out of you. I was like, I'm so excited to record. No, it was not it was today. <laughs> I was like, my girl. But it's okay it's because I'm this high. is a topic. <laughs> Listen, I have high energy. I have high energy. I already told you that. Um, so, Artisha, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your journey. I know we kind of read about this, but tell us a little bit about yourself. I want to hear it from you. Well, lots, lots, lots to say there. So um, I actually became an empowerment coach due to just being overwhelmed, underappreciated and undervalued in the corporate world. Right. My last traditional job, I was working 60 plus hours. I had to wear a stupid hard hat, steel toe boots, and 
I became mentally, emotionally, and eventually physically sick because I was completely unfulfilled, right? That spilled over into my friendships, that spilled over into my marriage, and that even spilled over into my church life, which I take all those very, very seriously. So I knew that I had to do something different. And if I thought I wasn't ready to take action and make those changes, God held up a stop sign and said, no, you're going to sit down because I said so. And I found myself. Oh, he does that, right? He will sit yeah. you down. <laughs> won't he though? Won't he though? Okay. If we don't listen to those little nudges. He will sit your butt down. Okay. Mm-hmm. He said he had to break out the baseball bat. So some of us hardhead children, you know, everybody's (laughs) not like that, but you know, just keeping it all the way real. So um, I found myself in a hospital bed several times over from fall of 2017 all the way to spring of 2018. I would be hospitalized four times, stayed in a total of 26 days in a coma twice, had to be resuscitated. So literally I died on the table. So the old Artisha did not return. And you know what? I'm happy about it. It didn't feel good when I was going through it, but I am enjoying this resurrected life. And so what I do every day is I live to motivate and inspire others so that they will have a newness of life. And hopefully I can keep them away from the hospital and they don't have to have their aha moment like I did. So That is what led me to um, writing my books, doing my podcast. Everything that I do is about spreading love and light and literally empower people, motivating them to give birth to that new thing, that new project, that greatness that's within them. Wow, Atisha, thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that part of your story. And I think you said something that really resonated with me is that you said that you were okay with that part of your life dying and your resurrection of the new Artisha and what the new Artisha's mission and purpose in life is. And I think that's that, you know, not just in a spiritual essence, but also just putting things into perspective is that the old part of us um, led with fear, right? Because we don't need some of these jobs that are, are, stressing the life out of us because of fear, fear of not having enough money or fear of, of not knowing what's next, fear of security, et cetera. And then all of that, that we've ingrained, right? The fear, the stress, the amount of work and how it affects our body. And that you being in the hospital for over a year in a coma twice with misdiagnosis, people not figuring it out when, when spiritually it, it was be child, Jesus came beyond the hammer. I think he came with them boulders. I think he came and he was like, boom, I'm going to really sit you and flatten you down because you're going to have to listen. And and that's exactly what happened to kind of rebirth the new Artisha. And the new Artisha, listen, the new Artisha got a beautiful smile. And so Artisha, let's talk about that in a marriage perspective, Mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes marriages go through that as well. In 2016, Mr. Bolding and I were actually on very, very 
rocky turf. And we didn't say the D word out loud, but we were heading for Splitsville. Like just plain and simple. We really, really were. And uh, we had become essentially roommates. I was working crazy hours. Um, He was a teacher and on a coaching team. So he was at school for, you know, all kinds of crazy hours as well. So we were literally two ships passing in the night. And for me, I was even too tired on the weekend. Like I just didn't want to be bothered. So I was just like the wicked witch. But six months later, you know, the um, responsibilities for my job increased things increase. So like the more success that I had at the job, the worse things were happening at home. Wow. Just the space that I was in. And of course, I'm not saying that that is a prescription or anything, but in that space, that's where we were. Right. And I came, you know, and I finally, because I'm the more confrontational one, I just said, I said, you know what? this is not working. And in the back of my mind, I knew that I was financially stable on my own. I was just like, I want you to leave. Mm. And he, you know, that just, of course, took the wind completely out of his sails. He couldn't believe that I actually said it out loud and that, you know, I was actually thinking about that. I didn't ask for counseling. I didn't want to have any further discussion. I was just like, let me give you about 30, 45 days. And, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. Anywho, well, he did. He, you know, it got ugly there for a while and everything, um, but he actually did leave. And so a uh, six months following that conversation, literally, is when I got ill. Wow. And that Thanksgiving, which is his birthday week, okay, Thanksgiving, I found myself in the hospital. And he had actually been uh, working out of state at this point, right? Mm-hmm. He drove seven hours to be by my side. You're about to make me cry. Look at my face. (laughs) Listen, I I wish I was making this up. Like, this is like so soap opera. It's like, it's crazy. But the thing about it is the, a big moral to that whole story is that just like with what we're going through uh, now, and I don't know when this is going to go live, but we're in quarantine season now. We're on a stay at home order and it's just a whole lot of crazy stuff happening right now in our nation, civil unrest and everything. Things like that are outside stressors on marriage. Marriage is the most difficult, but also the most rewarding job the most rewarding work you'll ever do in your life. But when you have all of these complex outside stressors, it's going to do one of two things. It's either going to knit you closer together or tear you completely apart. And, Absolutely. and that's that's just the, the real of it. And I honestly thought it was going to be uh, the latter. I, I was prepared. I was just like, you know what, this is going to be done. So when I woke up literally from being, you know, heavily medicated, poked and prodded all night long to see him there lovingly watching over me. Like, I mean, that just, all the ice that was around my heart, that just just melted. And I was like, wow, this, and in my mind, I said, this is the real deal. This is the real deal. For better, for worse. In sickness. For poor and in sickness and in health. Come on. And in health. That's yes. It. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when and, and you saying that, I think about, so I grew up with both my parents. They have mm-hmm. over 53, 54 years of marriage, you know, and their mm-hmm. marriage, you know, the tested, you when you name tested, tested. And, you know, my father's open about it. He's mm-hmm. he's like, you know, I cheated on your mom. I did things I should have never cheated done. You know, if it wasn't for your grandmother, which is my mom's mom, who who mm-hmm. told her to basically stick around, I would have lost you guys. I would have lost her, okay. et cetera. He's like, and I regret it. She's the love of my life. You know, marriages go through stuff and could, and, and looking at my parents where they immigrated into this country. So that's a stress, right? Mm -hmm, He mm -hmm. immigrated separately. She immigrated separately. She had to go ahead and and live with his sister in Puerto Rico to try to figure out how to get papers. I, I, I I gotta ask my daddy his story, but them coming over here, leaving their oldest child in the Dominican Republic, then coming here and both working an enormous amount of hours in their job mm-hmm. and drinking, you know, in, in my, mm-hmm. my father's side of the family, drinking is, is prevalent. Like that's just, that's just what you do. You know, I've had, he, he's had his own siblings pass away of cirrhosis of the liver. So the drinking, so when, what happens when drinking, you know, sin happens and the women, then this and that. And so all of these stressors, you know, tested their marriage for so many years. And, and in speaking to my mom, so of course, you know, they had their period. My father, he was like, I learned my lesson, you know? <laughs> yes. Okay. And, and if you see my dad, he loves all my mother, like loves. And I just look at him like, I just, I love this, except for the cheating part that you did to my mama, daddy. But <laughs> you know, I love this, you know, he loves all my mother, but now they're being tested with my dad's health. And my dad having this cold dependency on my mother. Like she goes out and he said, but where you going? And what you doing? And this and this. And like missing her and wanting her. And, you know, just the fear of him having Alzheimer's and all these extra things where she's being tested again. And Mm -hmm. we look at love. We look at um, unconditional love, um, the love that God has given us and the ability to really love someone unconditionally. But, you know, with sin coming in, we love with conditions, right? I love you, but you better not. I love you, but you have to do this. I love you. And there's no, Mm -hmm. I love you period. Right. Right. Um, and I look at that and I look at, at, at their relationship and it's very solid because they're, they're, you know, they're religious people, they're spiritual people always praying, et cetera. And then I look at my marriage, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't with my son's father. We never got married, but it wasn't the healthiest of relationships. So I brought a child into this world. We brought a child into this world. We had years together. And then I meet this man, my husband, and I had like all my baggage, you name it, and, and garbage bags that was smelling because it's like summer garbage, right? You just mm-hmm. bring it on and, and you think you're not bringing it on, right? You think I'm going to do something different and this is it, but you bring it. Mm-hmm. And he brought his baggage where he mm-hmm. didn't realize he was bringing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so your your dating relationship then gets tested. Then mm-hmm. the engagement part of the relationship gets tested. And then we hit marriage mm-hmm. where you see you value marriage differently and you see things like this. And he has his own views and perceptions of marriage. And you guys are together and you get to a point where you're just like, I don't know if this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And I can say that, you know, we're about to have three years of marriage and there's been a lot of tests. My mother-in-law passed away in November oh, wow. of 2019. That's a mm-hmm. test in and of itself. 
and yeah. his grieving process and mm-hmm. understanding and what he's going through. And when I say test, is a test. It's not an SAT. It's deeper than that. It's, it's, it's listen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a deep, deep test. And you, you talk about the pandemic and the pandemic ha- can either make or break you. Right. The the pandemic has broken some marriages because I've heard about it and I've read upon it and where you start now that you're closer together. Now you start seeing the unhealthiness or mm-hmm. whatever stressors. But, you know, when you look and you you appreciate or you look at who you got with, think about what were the reasons and, and what, what were the things that attracted you about that person? But as humans, don't we let a lot of things get in the middle of us? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want you to share on how did you guys get to a healthy point? Because I'm ta- I'm taking notes. I just okay. got three years in the game. I'm taking notes. <laughs> Girl, I'm telling you, just fasten your seatbelt mm. because there will be more. I'm telling you. And then so you all have something that we don't. We don't have birth children. We just have our fur babies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, for the most part, just love on us and they just want kibble and stuff like yeah, that. We, right? don't have, <laughs> so. we don't have children together. I just have my son. But but, but still, to, yeah. that's a big yeah. part of you, though. You it know? Is, so yeah. that's still a whole nother thing. But correct. Mm-hmm. You you corrected me on that. That's true. Um, so what it took for us and I again, I always share this. And this is one note that I give for all of my women. Some of the best advice that I've ever, ever received in life from my spiritual dad, who, you know, is just the world to me. You have to, number one, be authentic. And number two, don't leave out the dark and yucky parts of your story, which is why I love Beauteous Me. I love the work that you're doing, Jamili, because we have to be willing to have the tough conversations. We have to be willing to talk about the darkness so that we can help bring others to light, right? So, because we're not perfect, right? We're not. No, it's no such thing as perfect. There's no perfect man, there's no perfect woman, and there's no perfect marriage. But what you have to do is dig in, find out what works for you. Mm. You can't always take all this um, advice from your girlfriend. Sometimes mom might mean well, but that is not the best advice for you. So you have to filter it all out for where you are now and where you are headed. What is your vision for your marriage? What purpose does your marriage serve? Because Mm -hmm. everything on this earth has a path and has a purpose. So you have to sit down and it's the most talking you'll ever do in your life, right? These things don't just happen. You have to have the conversations. So for us, um, one of our difficulties was um, Mr. Bolding is not very expressive, right? He internalizes a lot of things. That's my husband. Yeah. (laughs) Very, uh, just a very good natured person, very warm and kind, but Mm -hmm. just not expressive. Mm -hmm. Like if he's excited about something, you may be able to tell a little bit. If he's upset about something, you may be, but like you have to pull. I'm telling you, we might've married the same. Hey, 
think, I think they might be twins. <laughs> and the more I tell this story, the more I find that everybody's like, oh my God, that's my husband. That's my husband. And so I'm just going to tell you what I did. Now, they say that, you know, women, we are just like federal investigators. I talked to his family. I did. I didn't consult with him. I had conversations individually with his mom, his dad, and his brother. I had to get some intel, some information, just like, okay, what is this? What does it kind of take to get through? What is it? Because I felt like, you know, once the ceremony is done, the rings are on, you know, we've eaten all the cake, all that good stuff. Like, this is it. Like, you know, we should be naked and afraid. This, this is it. We're doing life together. But it doesn't happen at the flick of a light switch. Like someone like me who I'm an open book, I married a closed book. So I had to do the work to kind of open those chapters up. And in time, it did happen. So the encouraging piece there is don't give up. Don't don't let frustration cause you to give up. Let me say it like that. Mm-hmm. be patient with your mate and have those conversations, not in the heat of the moment, not in the heat of frustration, but, you know, lightly introduce those conversations, ask them about things that happen to them, you know, with their parents, good memories. And sometimes that'll even bring a conversation about the opposite. They'll tell you some of the dark stuff because it'll be in contrast and you find those things out. And then that's how you build trust. You can't Mm. be so, um, so zealous about it and insisting that they share the information with you. Like I was, I was just like, you know, everything about me, tell me something about you. Like, you know, why are you holding back? But you have to allow them to grow to the point where they feel um, comfortable uh, with those things. And then sometimes when you sit with the family and you get that extra intel, then you can shape your conversations a little bit differently. And for us, we it was such a roller coaster. You know, we would have, you know, these high highs, but then we just had such low lows. But It really, really um, was kind of, you know, just leveling that playing field when the medical crisis hit, because in that moment we were almost scared straight. Right. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, when we both realized that it could really all be done, we could really be losing each other forever. That's when we really understood that that's not at all what we wanted. That's not what we wanted. Mm. So we, um, and I, I thought she was just like, okay, he's going to really want to go to counseling after this. And, you know, we never did. We never did. We just started, we kind of counseled our own selves, did a lot of uh, reading, and we will bring the information back to each other. Looking at other seasoned couples and things that they've gone through, and then just talk, whether it's over um, Saturday breakfast, okay, whether it's um, after um, church or whatever folks do on Sunday morning mm-hmm. in the afternoons, these are the things that we would talk about um, in downtime and not as a not out of obligation, but out of we are building something. We want to keep our foundation strong. Right. So just being willing to uh, to do the work and put in the time and not just show up and think that we're entitled to get something. I think a lot of folks 
show up to marriages like that. Like, okay, you know, I don't walk down the aisle. I don't put the money down. Okay. So now give me the goods. Right. It doesn't work and and like that's that. not how it works. It's, it's, it's constantly work. I had a discussion with, um, with a family member who's been married for 20 something years. And mm-hmm. we were, you know, we were talking and she's like, Jamili, either she's like 18 years of my marriage, I wasn't happy. She's like, these last few years is when I've been happy. And it's interesting. And so I think when we look at young folks, and I'm still young, so I'm in that middle category, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where you are independent. I'm a woman. I'm, I'm, I'm educated. I have my own money. I don't need you to do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, F. I don't even need you. As a matter of fact, I could keep going. Right. So we have mm-hmm. that. And what mm-hmm. society keeps also putting. So there's a difference with being a strong, independent woman. Absolutely strong, independent. That's all I'm about. I'm very strong and I'm very independent, but where mm-hmm. we lose sight of some of that strong and independence, where we feel that it's okay then to bring some of that into your marriage mm-hmm. where I'm strong and dependent and I'm doing my own stuff and you need to do for me because I'm strong independent without making it seem as if it's a collective partnership. We yeah. forget that there is a partnership and that you do for me, but I do for you too. It's not always about me. It's about both of us and how I can do for you and you do for me, but we kind of get lost in the sauce, if you will, with allowing things to infiltrate our mind, body, spirit on what it should or should not be. And we lose sight of the real deep rooted reason you wanted to get married. Now there's people who want to get married just as a checkbox, you know, and that's, yes. that's not what it should be. It shouldn't be a checkbox. Um, if that, you know, go, go, go fill out the census or something, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, but if you, you're, you're merging two different lives, but understanding that, we both come from our own different backgrounds. Yeah, both weren't raised the same, you know? Mm-hmm. And if, mm-hmm. if there's difference in cultures and there's subcultures within cultures, et cetera, there's, there's a huge difference there. But where we lose compassion is in us being selfish and not selfless. And I yeah, think that's where we lose a lot of compassion in it because we, we it, it's, it's our needs, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is immediate mm-hmm. needs. You go on Instagram, you want to go find some clothes or books or whatever, it's immediate, right? And Mm -hmm. so we've put that immediacy even into our relationships where Mm -hmm. you see friendships breaking, um, families breaking, marriages, relationships between a a child and their parent, et cetera, because we get so stuck, right? And Mm -hmm. and engraved in it's it's me, it's me, it's Mm -hmm. me. But one thing that I've always talked about in my, my podcast is what happened to them? to result in them being and acting the way they are. And I think about me and my baggage, what happened to me and my traumas that I feel like when things get tough, I want to run or when Mm -hmm. things get tough, I want to, I want to assert myself in a way like before you hurt me, I'm gone. And you ain't going to do this to me again because I've been hurt without breaking some of that wall, because that wall that, that I've put in, and I'm being as transparent as can be in my relationship. I put in in dating and everything where there's multiple times I'm like, so what are we doing? What, 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 what are we going to do? What are we not going to do? Like, what, what are we going to do without, mm-hmm. you know, and, and doing a lot of work in myself without saying, Jamili, but is this about you or about him or about you guys? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That moving from I to we is huge. And guess what? It never stops. Right. Right. Because we come here, we are born 
wired to get our needs met. When we're children, we cry. We cry when we're wet. We cry when we're hungry. We cry when we want to feel that closeness, that heartbeat, that skin to skin. And so as adults, it's the same thing. We aren't wham, ham, boo-hoo crying, but we are seeking. We're doing these things. So we're in the phones. We're in the devices. We're on YouTube. We're in the street. We're in the club. We're doing these things. But as a married couple, in an institution, remember, that has purpose. We always have to frame it like that. Mm-hmm. We have to say and turn that spotlight off of ourselves onto our mates and saying, okay, what is it that they are needing? How can I work with them? How can we build together? And this is my rule. This is what I always I tell even teens. I tell my young girlfriends, single and everything. You have to kind of, it's hard to train a man, but you have to do it through example, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to train yourself and train them that, okay, I'm here. I'm going to take care of you. You take care of me. And then Mm -hmm. everybody is taken care of. If I'm taking care of you and you're taking care of you, who is taking care of me? Right. Right. So we have to be willing to turn that light around, shine that light on our partner. And if we're both showing up, filled up in that way, then we both can help pour into each other. And then no one is running empty. That's what we have to do. Instead of just expecting to um, receive all the time, we have to be willing to give. And we can't think that it's seasonal. We can't think that it's just holidays and birthdays or Mm -hmm. even on the weekend. I use the weekend in my example, but marriage, you don't get any days off. No, you don't. Every day, no matter how tired, no matter what's happening at work, your home and your marriage is supposed to be your sanctuary, Mm -hmm. your place of peace. So perspective is also important. We don't want to view it as a dumping ground, Mm -hmm. but you are supposed to have those safe places where you can have whatever type of conversation with your mate. That's your life partner. That's the person that you chose. That's the person that chose you to walk this path together, hand in hand. So visualization, as you can tell, I, you know, I I work in the ethereal a lot, but the visualization helps when you think about that walking hand in hand on the path, not snatching away, not pulling but together, mm-hmm. I have a partner in this. I'm never alone. We're going to work on this together. We're going to come to a solution together. And we're going to serve each other so that no one goes lacking. Because you you become one, remember? And that's taking it back to the word. You know, I'm a woman of faith. Mm-hmm. But marriage is when two become one. So there's no more I. There's only we. Because Everything that you do, every decision that you make is going to have an impact on your partner, on your mate, on your household. Right. So when you think about it like that, when you keep this stuff top of mind, then you behave differently. You establish a different type of character. You have integrity in your marriage and that love tank is filled between the both of you. So mm-hmm. the whole energy in your home is different. The lovemaking is so much better. Okay, come on. Mm-hmm. The whole deal, mm-hmm. it spills over into all these areas and it's just a continuous work. <laughs> and I think it's interesting when you say um, 
the we removing the I, I remember before, way before I got married, one of my friends got married, you know, earlier on. And, um, I remember she would always say, if I'd be like, oh, let's go out to brunch or not just me, but just any of her friends, she'd, she'd say, let me first check with my husband. Let me first check with my husband. And I used to think like, mm-hmm. why you got to check with your husband? You know, I wasn't married. So I didn't know. Uh-huh. I was just with mm-hmm. my son's father. Why you got to check with your husband? Why you got to check and see why? Even dating my husband, you know, when people would invite me, I would never say, let me go check with Scott. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be there. I'll, I'll just let him know. And it's not till you start understanding let me check and see if it's okay. Did you make some plans for us? It's not let me check because I need to be submissive towards him. I mean, I know the Bible. There you go. That, but it, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. let me check to see if you you made plans for both of us or if there was something that you wanted us to do or that day was a hard day um, because you're dealing with whatever it is that you're going through and you feel like you needed me. And so I've had to get into the habit. And even in marriage, I still was not saying, let me check. I would kind of say it, but in having to get into the habit, I would have to do it and say, let me check with Scott. Let me check and see. Let me check and see. And it's a matter of respect. It's not that we're losing our independence as women, but it's a matter of respect. And that's important in marriage, that vice versa, that your spouse does the same. Let me check with Jamili, let me check and see, you know, et cetera. I think that's important. It is super important because then it, it, it says something and it solidifies something. Um, and I have another friend who always says, well, let me check with my husband. Let me check with my husband. And it's like now it's not until you you mature in some of your own um, traumas of past relationships that you couldn't heal that you're able to be like, oh, OK, now I get it. I understand why. And that is so important. I just wanted to kind of plug that in there because, um, again, we, we we get lost in the minutia of things and and in wanting to be, well, this is me and this is you. If that's what it is, then y'all should just continue to date and not be married if that's correct. what it is, you know? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> you live over there, I live over here. We hump and bump and then keep it moving, you know? <laughs> and move on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I also exactly. want to plug something in. We're talking about healthy marriages. I don't want people who are in an abusive domestic violence relationship to all, take mm-hmm. some of this and be like, make an excuse to say that it's okay. Because if you mm-hmm. didn't be on um, sexually abused in, in a marriage, um, resources taken from you, I don't want listeners to take away as some validity for you to kind of stay in something unhealthy because that's work you have to do as to why you're choosing to stay in something, not choosing, I'm, I'm going to reframe that, um, why it's you're staying in something uncomfortable because sometimes it's not a choice. The, the trauma is yeah. there and, I'm, and I apologize, I'm taking that back. Um, you have to, there's that work and the help you need in order to remove yourself from that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And there's a word, let me piggyback on that. There's a word that's unfortunately overused, which is toxic, right? Social media sometimes just runs with things, but if you are in an unhealthy relationship, we know that there's financial abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and others that um, I am not even well versed in. Jamili, that's your <laughs> that's your wheelhouse there. But, <laughs> that's all. Uh, we uh, we don't take that lightly. 
um, at all. And we definitely want you to get resources if you can and speak to folks who can help you navigate that situation and make a choice for your safety. And if there are children for the children's safety, no one is saying stay in nope, an unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. No, and no one is saying that um, you're wrong for um, right now being in that situation because, you know, again, for me, it's all about that underlying trauma and things that you've experienced that have let you stay in that situation. But definitely um, that plug in is get the help that you need and the support that you need. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. can you give us some knowledge nuggets for marriages and uh, making sure it stays healthy and safe and <laughs> everlasting? <laughs> Yes, I absolutely can. I This should be familiar information. I always say that I'm not necessarily a revelatory person, but I'm a transformational person because I'm going to present something to you that you may have heard before that you may be familiar with, but I'm going to allow you to look at it through a unique lens. That's my specialty. So some of us may have heard of Dr. Gary Chapman and the five love languages. Yes. I swear by it. I'm talking about Mm -hmm. that is the the Holy Grail. And you heard me mention about having your love tank filled. It is so important. And um, you can just Google it, Five Love Languages. They have a free quiz that you can take, that um, your partner can take, so that you understand how you all best receive love. This is going to be priceless information for you. And I walk clients and couples through this um, a lot. I send folks, so many folks to this website because (laughs) you need to understand because the way that you were raised and even what um, Jamila, you said, past relationships, even traumas, things that you had, all of that has informed you. That's a part of your unique experience and how you receive and process love. The same thing is true with your partner. Get to know how they best receive love. Because for me, I'll talk about me. My mom was not the, um, I'm going to bake cookies after school and come give me a hug. She wasn't that mom. My mom was a single mom and she was a provider. Mm -hmm. So she wanted to make sure that we were safe and healthy and that we had the things that we need. So she worked very hard and she bought a lot of things. And that was completely fine. She did the best that she could with the knowledge that she had at the time and the resources she had at the time. So with that, my love language is receiving gifts. Mm. And so I'm not a gold digger. I'm not like, okay, no, I need the Louis Vuitton bag. I need the red bottles. It's not that. You can bring me a candy bar, my favorite candy bar, a dollar fifty in the store. But the fact that you thought about me, mm-hmm. you took the time, you made a purchase on my behalf and then brought it to me. That is the word. You could you might as well have bought the pocketbook. You know, it means so much to me. That's my love language. That's how I receive it. Mr. Bolding's love language is quality time. He lives for Netflix and chill. Like that <laughs> that is all he wants like you know when outside was open before everything um you know kind of blew up i you know i'll be like oh let's go to the mall let's go to the movies let's go out to eat and he's like why don't i go get some food and bring it back and we just watch a movie and i'm like come on dude like you know let's go 
So just knowing that, and it's I will weird. tell you, <laughs> I, look, I think you and I are the same person, and I think we married the same person, yeah. right? Like we are so, like we totally have twin marriages. <laughs> so um, I will honestly say, oh, oh, I have so much, and I don't want to prolong the time. Let me just say this too. Let me drop one on you. Fairy tale marriage and the honeymoon period, that's a myth. Everybody does not get that. So let me say it again. The honeymoon period is a myth. Everybody does not get that. A lot of people, those first few years of marriage are very, very difficult, especially if you have chosen not to live together ahead of time, which uh, we did not. Mm -hmm. We did not. We that wasn't a part of um, our core values. And so we did not live together until after we were married. And so bringing those two mindsets together, those two backgrounds together was a very difficult. So I spent, even though we, um, we read the, um, five love languages and we went over it. I still, in my mind, I didn't have my mind renewed as far as him. So I was still putting, my love language on him. So I would buy things. I would make things. And he didn't care anything about it. Like it was nice and it was fine. But his love tank was not full unless we got that quality time. And for him, quality time was not with family. It was not out. It was not even hanging out with friends our age. It was he and I at home hanging out, chilling, Mm -hmm. cuddling up. So doing the research again, having a conversation again, but knowing what your partner's love language is and what yours is and having the conversation of, I really enjoy when you do these things for me. So um, I shared about me with receiving gifts and he likes quality time and touch. Then there's also acts of service, Mm -hmm. words of affirmation. And then there's a fifth one that is escaping me right now. But just, you know, offhand. No, I can't remember the the fifth one. It's um, Mm -hmm. quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, um, receiving gifts. And then what does the other one? This is another one. Oh, I can't remember. Well, y'all will look it up. See how we, what, you see how we get stuck in our own ones, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But um, just knowing that information really can be life-changing because you can get very frustrated if you are trying to communicate love in one way and your partner's just like, okay, like they are very indifferent or like not even really... Uh, understanding that you might think that they are ungrateful and then that will cause you to shut down. But the fact of the matter is you're just not speaking their language. You're speaking German and they speak French. Right. You know, so if you, again, do the work, do the little research, then that is going to save you a lot of headache. Right. Oh my God. I'm so glad that you left it like that. And definitely on the link, I'm going to put um, Gary Cohen's um five love languages so that people could look at it. And it's important for us to read it and not say aha and not do anything with it. It's all about practicing. And it's all about the work that we do again within ourselves, because you got to work on your own stuff and how you viewed relationships, you viewed past um, unhealthy relationships and what you're bringing into your current relationship and vice versa for your spouse, understanding what they've experienced as a childhood, how they were raised their relationships with 
parents um, or or not having another parent, a father figure, et cetera, and what that's bringing mm-hmm. in. And so you mm-hmm. can't, you got to kind of release some of that judgment that we bring in because something brought you guys together. So you can't bring, break that person down. Um, you got to build each other up. And so whether that's helping each other heal from your traumas, heal from your pain, and working on it together, that's important. And communication, communication, communication. Because if you don't let them know, then you won't know, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. That's I am exactly right. so, so grateful that you were here and that you spent this time. And this was a topic I've been, like I said, I was dying, itching, right? To, to kind of, it was like that double dutch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Waiting to my turn to, to have this conversation because I think we have to be open and honest and knowing that marriage is real, but marriage is hard work and it's going to continue mm. to be hard work. And um, until you both do the work within you guys and don't let jobs, um, new babies, um, stressors, family stressors get in the way of what brought you together, then there is definitely hope. And I'm praying for every marriage. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a softie when it comes to love. I look at, you can't have me watch a love show and I'm like, oh my God, you see, you started your story. And I was like, I, my tears came out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I'm all about it. And so Let's let's heal and work with one another and we're here to support. And I'm so grateful that you spent this time. Guys, check out her podcast. She is so funny. If you like my funny vibes, she's funny too. Check out her Instagram because I love all the posts that you put about marriages. It it kind of helps me grounded when you when you want to be mad over something, then you I read your post and I'm like, okay. Okay, she's yeah. me a message. <laughs> <laughs> so look it up for inspiration and everything. And she's at A-R-T-I-S-H-A-B-O-L-D-I-N-G on Instagram. And guys, check out her podcast, like I said. Thank you so much, Artisha, for being here with me. I'm so super excited. So happy when I get to release this episode. Like I'm just I'm, I'm I'm jittering right now. (laughs) It's been a pleasure, Jamili. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope this episode fed your soul. Please be sure to download new episodes. You can also head on over to rate, review, and subscribe. For more updates, find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on Instagram at iambeauteousme. Don't forget to use the hashtag beauteousmepodcast for your feedback.